Welcome, it's Brian Burke here from Thrive Now. I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about listening to the heart. And that's my firm belief that being able to listen to the heart is a game changer in the wellness of our relationships and what we do in life. It, it makes such an impact. It changes so many things. And I'm really excited because as we grab this concept, as we grab this concept, it really becomes transformational. We can shift things. We can shift things that just seem clunky and broken and start to access greater levels of wholeness, well-being and success, which is so exciting. It's such a powerful, powerful idea to understand what we can listen to the heart, not just listen to facts or details. Now, we've started with in the course, we've mentioned about listening to the story. And that's so true. You know, everyone has a story, but also everyone has a heart. Effective listening listens to someone's story. Great listening listens to the heart of the person who's living out their story. Did you get that? Great listening listens to the heart of the person who's living out their story. And it's a wonderful idea to start to reflect on because we can take a step back and we can appreciate and value more. See, as we listen to someone's heart, there's a greater connection that happens. There's more understanding because we start to access meaning more, what things mean to the person. We start to access more about what's the significance of that story to the person's life. You know, as we walk in more of an ability to listen to people's hearts, we help to dissolve conflict and arguments and misunderstandings. It actually brings wholeness. It brings deeper connection and meaning, rapport between people. It, it helps us to feel valued. It brings a sense of warmness into our communication. So listening to the heart is so powerful. It is such a, a deep and, and real thing to do. Have you ever seen the picture of an iceberg? So with an iceberg, we look at it and, and we see the tip of it above the waterline. Now, uh, I haven't studied the things myself, but I look, heard there that it's about 90% of an iceberg is below the surface of the water. When we don't value the heart of the person that's talking to us, it's kind of like missing up to 90% of really what's happening, of the significance, of the importance of... When we're trying to, if you could say, appreciate understanding and knowing and, and, and getting our heads around some things, if we're not valuing the heart and listening for what the heart is saying, then we're kind of running blind for up to 90% of all that's going on. That's why it's really significant and important to listen to the heart. Now, the other reason it's important to listen to the heart is sometimes our words alone don't always convey fully or as easily as what our heart is actually saying, where our heart's at. Give you an example. How about a toddler who um, gets upset about something, okay, or a young child, 
And the toddler puts on that frown and, and voice and, and sullen and downcast and that you ask them how they're going and they say, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, and you can tell that they're not fine. You know, everything about their persona and their body language, everything about the circumstance is saying that their heart's not actually that fine right now. But if you were just to listen to their words, then you would have to take away the understanding that they're fine. And, and that's like that in our lives. Sometimes our words are saying something, but it's not always lining up with, with where our heart's at. And at worst, what can happen is if we don't learn to listen to the heart, we can follow rabbit trails and distractions that, that don't always help us to understand and to get to the real point. I, I don't know about you, but I've certainly had times in my life where I've even found myself arguing a, a point that I know that I'm unsettled, but I also know in my heart, gee, that's not the real issue that's bothering me, but I find myself caught up in a chain of events, sort of wishing that, oh man, I wish my heart could be understood a, a little bit more. You know, an example is, what about a, a college student that uh, is invited to go out for the evening and by a friend and, and they, they decline and they say, no, I, I don't feel like going out. And the friend might start to get upset because they want to go out with them and they start to lean on them and say, come on now, why would you go out? You never go out, you know. You're just getting rude and, and, and a little bit more self-centered. I'd really, you know, think it'd be great to go out. And and then and they're saying a whole lot of other things. But what if that college person that didn't go out was actually thinking, hey, I can't go out. I don't have enough money for it right now. I'm really getting concerned. I'm getting low on money and and fearful in that space. But if if they don't speak that, okay, then it's potential that the friend and the college, you know, friend there get involved in an argument, a follow a distraction that that's really not happening at all. It's not the core issue. So that's just one example. But let's pull back and think, how do we listen to the heart? How do we actually do that? What does that look like? Well, to help us with that there, I want to bring in the idea of an ECG. Um, the ECG is electrocardiogram. If anyone's been to hospital sometimes or on TV, you might have seen where they put cords on, on someone's chest there to get a bit of an overview, a bit of a picture of what's happening with someone's heart. Is it under strain? Has it been injured? You know, such as a heart attack, things like that. And that is literally what we're doing when we learn to listen to the heart. We learn to get a picture of how that person's heart's going. You see, our hearts are deep waters. Our hearts have joys, hopes, fears, insecurities. Our hearts can have woundedness. Our hearts can, can be guarded. They can be anxious. They can be agitated. You know, our hearts can, can have a sense of pleasure and desire to them and, and happiness. So the hearts are, are deep waters. But as we learn to take a picture, an ECG, listen to the heart, we're, we're like getting an understanding of What's the position of that person's heart right now? How's it going? Is their heart guarded? Is their heart feeling agitated? You know, what? what's happening? Is it hurt? Is their heart happy? So it gets a bit of a picture of how that person's heart's going. And that's really important because it helps us to understand more of the deep meaning. It helps us to understand more what's going on in the communication. Remember I said that effective listening will listen to the story. 
great listening will listen to the heart that is living out that story. So we start to get a picture of how's the heart going that's living out the story. Which brings us to the next point of listening to heart. It is our ability to consider context or situational awareness. This ability to consider what's going on, perhaps even more so than what's immediately been spoken. It's a, um, a discernment or a sensitivity to reflect on more than just the words that have been spoken, but the context that we're in. So, some ideas about that. For example, let's say that there was a young boy that moved towns and they love soccer. They love soccer greatly. In their previous town, they were great at soccer. They were traveled or in a rep team with soccer and so forth. But they went to a new town and they went to the trial outs of the soccer and they made fun of it and they really had some difficulties in that new area. And they went back and they were just inside themselves going, man, their heart is heavy. It misses their old soccer friend. It misses, you know, the, the friendship and the companionship and everything that was going on. And their parents talked to the son there and they say, hey, do you want to go back to the soccer? And the son has an outburst and says, I hate soccer. I don't like soccer. I don't want to do soccer anymore. Leave me alone. Now, if the parents were just listening to the words, they would say, yeah, the, the son doesn't like soccer. They go, well, what, what's going on here? But if they listen to the context of situational awareness, they get a bit more of an understanding. Hold on now. You used to like soccer a lot. What's going on here? You know, we've moved town. We've just gone to some tryouts. Something more has been happening. And that'll give them a cue not to go after the rabbit trail of just arguing about, you like, didn't you like soccer before? And of course, in the pause, and they know we need to come about this a little bit differently. We need to help unpack this and help create healing for where their son's at with their heart, okay? So that's just an example as well. Now, the third point, the last point I want to mention about when we talk of listening to the heart is that we know that the heart is valuable, you know, we've only got one heart and, and we want to keep it going. It's a bit like that when it comes to listening as well, is that when we learn to listen to the heart, we learn to listen with care because we know the value of the heart. And so when we listen with care, it's kind of like we get the appreciation of that we handle with care. Now that's significant because if we don't take that pause sometimes to listen with care, to handle with care, we can be ignorant and, and we can blunder on through sometimes conversations when the heart is actually saying, hey, hold on now, I'm not quite okay right now. And, and if we don't grab those cues, if we don't listen for those moments and, and, and those understandings, and then we can perhaps by, you know, just ignorance, just march through and be more matter-of-fact in our conversations. We can be more just task-orientated to get things done. And that's something that we need to be careful of. If I could summarize all of this with listening to the heart, is that listening to the heart isn't just focused on what we do, but how we do it. Listening to the heart asks the question, are you okay? Are we okay? 
Now, there's an important distinction I want to make. It doesn't ask that question from a position of the listener feeling insecure or fearful. It actually asks that question from a sense of wholeness, from well-being and seeking well-being. It asks it from a manner of caring for, of going, are you okay here? Are we okay? It might not say those very words, but it's just looking at this the situation going, how's things going? Because I remember I said that listen to heart doesn't focus on just how what we do, but how we do it. It's not just trying to achieve an outcome. It wants to know that we do that outcome well together in the conversation. Are we tracking well? Are we moving forward well? That's really important because like if I bring it back to some of the caring professions, I know too well that sometimes caring professions can care well for other people, but perhaps be more challenged in ability to care for one another because we get caught up in doing the doings instead of pausing and saying, how are we together? Okay, so look, thank you for this time. Please reflect on this because it's such an important and powerful understanding to listen to the heart. As I said, it is a game changer as we learn to pause, as we consider the value and meaning and understanding, as we take a step back and we, we, we sort of hesitate about going down those rabbit trails. And we learn to get a picture of the heart. We consider the context of the heart, situational awareness. And then we look at the value and we handle with care. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's been great connecting again. Take care. Bye-bye.